Alright. Monday night raw. Last night. Mm-hmm. Go home raw before Mania. Uh it was a great show in my opinion. Not a not a not a spectacular show. It had great moments. But all in all, I think it was a very fun show to watch. Start off the night with Stephanie officially confirming it for us that the triple threat match uh, for the women in the main event of WrestleMania is going to be winner take all. So somebody's going to walk out with an epically iconic moment of uh, hoisting up both championships. I'm excited about that. I can't wait for it, but we'll get into that segment later on. Move into uh, Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar actually mm-hmm. getting to see uh, Seth Rollins face-to-face. So they, uh, well, excuse me, Paul Heyman had a great great promo, you know, regular Paul Heyman promo. We've been just building it. Said it before, say it again. These matches at this point have sold themselves with just the storyline of Brock Lesnar holding the title and not really being on the show like that to defend it and only coming around on special occasions. Outside of giving the title much-needed prestige, because I remember we was booing it. Well, I wouldn't say we because I wasn't booing the championship at all. But the the feelings toward the championship have come a mighty long way since, uh, you know, we were booing. Well, the, 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 the excuse me, WWE Universe was booing. So either way, Paul comes out, cuts promo, Seth comes out. Now, the thing is, Seth and Brock get into it. They have they clash. They wore it. You know, they fight it out. And Seth actually walks out with looking strong. So I think it... uh. It's going to be a good matchup only because Brock Lesnar usually uh, takes pain from people that he really uh, enjoys working with or somebody he looks forward to working with or something like that. I think Seth is really slotted to be like the hero here. So we're just going to see how it all plays out. It's uh, it's going to be a big one. So, uh, I mean, I don't want to use any predictions. Well, you know, make any predictions regarding it. I'm, I'm no pony in the race, but I know that uh, Brock Lesnar has been able to pick up the victory in so many moments. It's just been uh, bananas. But um, Seth Rollins being able to beat, you know, uh, Triple H last year at Mania, becoming the King Slayer, be, you know, pulling off the heist of the century. You know, back when he won the WWE Championship and that triple threat, there's actually a match. Well, not triple. Well, turn it to a triple threat off cashing in money in the bank. But it's uh, we got a match. You know, we got a great video package building toward it. I'm sure. You know, it's cool history between the two, and we're gonna see. We know Seth lost before the Brock, so we're gonna see if he can uh, pick something up this time around. What are they called? The Divas of Doom. The Glamazon, Beth Phoenix, and Natty with the Boss and Hug connection, Sasha and Bailey took on the Iconics and Tamina and Nia Jax. Good eight-woman tag, you know. Iconics looked good. They all looked like, uh, you know, strong competitors going into the match on Sunday. Beth Phoenix looking stronger than anybody. I'm, I can't help but, you know, get all cheesy. When Beth Phoenix gets on screen, she goes into a completely different gear, pardon me, but she is beyond talented, and she clearly still has it, I don't want to, and this this is just me talking, I wouldn't want to see Beth Phoenix uh, try to act like she's the greatest, we already know she's the greatest, so exactly how she's doing it right now, 
you know, like, don't put too much sauce on it, but also don't be nervous, like, it's a, there's a natural thing, you know, it's a natural feel when we see Beth Phoenix in there, and then she's so strong looking with her big old arms and muscles, mm -hmm. so, um, it's definitely a, it's a good look to see her like that, I'm enjoying uh, watching her <laughs> just be back in general. We already know Natty, as far as the in-ring competition goes, is actually second to none. It's for like, you know, with Matt Tech and such like that. So it's going to be a real good Fatal 4-Way tag match on Sunday. All right. Batista comes out. We've been watching how the fuse set up. All he had to say was kiss mass. All because uh, he's already beaten Triple H plenty of times. So, you know... It's uh, it's what we needed. Seen it a million times. I think if Batista has picked up this many victories, you know, leading into the show of shows, I think Triple H has a good chance of picking up the victory. Uh, I'm not, I, I mean, I think, it, you know, we're just going to see the fight. That's all we need to see. I'm not going to talk down on the build. I've been, enjoyed it for what it's been worth. You know, Triple H is going out there and showing all, everybody you know, in NXT and the main roster, exactly how to cut the promo, why he's still the game. And it's a, it's a fun, you know, bit of nostalgia to see Batista come back and they actually be able to go at it one more time. So we're going to see, you know, these two powerhouses uh, finally uh, really clash for the final time. And we know the stakes. Triple H loses. He retires. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm actually pulling for H in that when I got to. But, um... Uh, you know, like I, I'm, I was, I was gonna, I was willing to sway over to Batista's side, but you know, he, he's, he got, he got enough reason to not say as much as he, well, as much as I would say he should say in this situation. Just, you know, with it being mania, but I'm pretty sure they're gonna have a cool, cool match. You know, nobody wants to really hurt each other, but I know it's gonna be something that uh, we could potentially be talking about for ages. The final match between Triple H and Batista. Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royale on Sunday at Mania Streaming Live on the WWE Network. And Jinder Mahal and Apollo had their match. Apollo picked up the win with a frog splash. Real nice. Everybody was outside. Heard Tyler Breeze went on a tirade on the internet about how he's not being showcased like that and he's been around. I I can kind of advocate for that. You know, Breezy is, uh, he was the shining star of breaking ground on the WWE Network. You know, it was... Oh, he's getting called up to the main roster, and it was, oh, yeah, but he was one of the first, arguably, that could be that, oh, no, you get called up, and then there's nothing for you. It's a different type of environment on the main roster, you know, and this is just something that I think every all of the fans that have fallen for these NXT superstars have to be able to digest after a while like and I'm talking quick now because it's not like we've been doing this for a long time like it's not oh the NXT call-ups are gonna come up to WWE and get ruined or come over to the main roster and get ruined or buried it's kind of just where it's at in the weather you know like where it's at in the cards with them how to how are things looking you know, on the main roster, there's so many people vying for TV time. You can't just be the star over there and, you know, uh, you know where where the magic happens, you know. But at the same time, I, I you know, just trying to understand where the main roster thing, where the main roster side of it is all coming from. Like, uh, it's, it, it's constantly moving, you know. 
NXT is based right in Full Sail, so the fans are accustomed and they, it's easier to gain a, a bond with these superstars. And these superstars aren't doing anything that wouldn't, you know, gain a bond between them and the fans in the WWE universe. So, you know, it take nothing away from them at all, but coming up to the main roster when you're moving across the country, it's not like you can just you're not going to be that same star because it's very clear and obvious. It's quite abundant. I mean, it's just ob just, just obvious that nobody's really... Well, NXT isn't uh, on the scale of WWE quite yet or the main roster. I'm not saying that about anybody's in-ring talent or nothing like that. I'm just saying that it doesn't seem that a lot of the fans on the main roster that don't watch the NXT product at all know who these superstars are when they're getting called over or called up or however it works. So, whatever. It's, uh, it's, it's all right. Like, we're just seeing how it all works. You know, we've seen Breezy. We've seen a lot of other people. Uh, EC3 was out there. You can, but I think just getting these guys on TV is some, is a step in the right direction. You know, build the momentum. Don't, don't knock small wins. You know, it's all it's all about morale at the end of the day. So to see Tyler Breeze and so many words front and center right there by the ring steps, you know, it's like, hey, Breeze, you got a new haircut. And, uh, you know, you see the Ascension and the rest of the participants. We know that Colin Jost and Michael Che of Saturday Night Live are going to be in the uh, Battle Royale. Braun Strowman is going to be there. They're trying to build a story out of it, trying to make something out of it. Uh, uh, hey. You know, for the entertainment of the WWE universe, that's what it's all about. I'm not gonna talk down on it. I don't, I don't dislike Saturday Night Live. You know, the segments were what they were. You know, they they've done what they could, and it's been times where I've chuckled myself. You know, last week's segment on a Moment of Bliss was a little eh, but outside of that, you know, it is what it is. So can't wait to get to that part. You know, it's gonna make the kick. Yeah, it's gonna make the kickoff show that much more entertaining. If anything, as we, you know, trot through the long show, which is my argument would be why we've been getting some gauntlet matches and such like that, just to condition and prom everybody for, you know, the long show, which is going to be uh, WrestleMania this Sunday. So Apollo picks up the win on gender real good. Cool win, cool match happened. And, uh, you know, we move forward. So, well, Apollo picks up good steam. Or good, uh, good momentum going in because we all know Battle Royale a couple months back or whatever he uh he eliminated eight guys. So you know we could we could see Apollo take a victory. Here. Let's uh, find out how it all takes place. Alice the Black and Ricochet take on the the tag team champions, the Revival. A little bit of shenanigans toward the end with the ring apron. One of them, I think Ricochet was trying to step up, got uh, pulled down. One of them, Alice the Black. Either way, the match ended by way of count out. No bueno. You know, I mean, well, I wouldn't say, the only reason why I'm saying no bueno is because Ricochet and Alice the Black finally have gotten that tag team championship opportunity. Didn't squander it. You know, they lost, but it is, you know, what it is. Like, I think the revival. If we look at outside of storyline, it works just fine. I think it was real good to keep the titles on a revival, to keep them looking strong. And they didn't necessarily lose the match, Ricochet and Aleister Black. It was just, you know, you know, 
it was one of those happy stairs type things where you know they will the revival being tag team specialists uh put the put the put the cards in their position and you know a little bit uh better with the ring apron and all the rest of that so good match wonder what's gonna happen if anything at mania with uh these guys drew mcintyre and roman reigns have their match on sunday at mania and we had uh roman Backstage talking with, I believe, Dasha Fuentes, the chameleon, mm-hmm. and um, it was uh, it was very very cool. I thought it was a good moment for uh, both 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 sides. I think uh, Roman sounded much more comfortable on the microphone, and when Drew attacked, you know, and did his thing, he's he's you know he's Roman. I'm you know I'm, excuse me, he's uh you know Drew McIntyre. He talk his talk, and he's brutal and. You know, he's intense, so it was a real good look uh, going into that. So we had a triple threat tag team. Well, not triple threat, pardon me. We had a six-woman tag team match uh, with the Riot Squad taking on Raw Women's Champion Ronda Rousey, SmackDown Live Women's Champion Charlotte Flair, and uh, Becky Lynch, the man. And the match went exactly how we all thought it would go. These women, what the stipulation was... uh, Becky, Charlotte, or Ronda had to keep their cool, not put hands on each other, because if they did in the match, they'd be disqualified. They would lose their opportunity on Sunday, lose their spot in the match. So, they had the match. They always, uh, you could sense the tension in their corner from the very start. You could feel the electricity, and it was uh, it was powder keg. It was clear to blow. And uh, Ronda Rousey got sick of the match going on after a while. You know, it was, like I said, it was a regular match. Ronda Rousey got sick of it and uh, locked in the uh, arm bar on Liv Morgan. Before she get it in, Liv Morgan was tapping out. Didn't even want to go down that road. I, I see that. I understand. <laughs> it's hilarious. But um, as soon as Ronda Rousey tapped out, she went after who I believe was Charlotte. This brought out officials. These women are putting hands on officials. This brought out law enforcement officials. You know, the regular the blue shirts. and uh, If we in storyline, hilarious. You know, it's very real. You can't put your hand on WWE officials. Law enforcement officials came out. They put their hands on them. Walkie-talkies was all hanging off the legs. Eventually, these women uh, were, quote, arrested because of uh, all of the fight, but it's very clear and obvious that the tensions were boiling over. Uh, on WWE.com, it says that they were released on phone social media, so they were let out and uh, eventually are going to have to go through the rest. But I think that WWE is going to be able to, you know, have to talk with them and tell them that it's WrestleMania season and these women just really wanted to get the fight out. They can't help it and they couldn't wait till Sunday, but... um. You know, and everything would be like, oh, okay, WWE, WrestleMania. You know, hopefully the judge watches and loves WrestleMania or watches Raw and SmackDown, just like we all do. So, with all of that, uh, the backstage brawl between those three was bananas. Everybody's trying to put them in the back of the wagons and all that. Becky and Ronda get put into the back and they're both left in there alone. and start kicking at each other, you know, because both they're, they're clearly restrained. But they, they're uh, kicking and screaming and fighting, and Ronda kicks the window out, and they get Becky in, out the out the car and leave Ronda in alone. They put Becky in another car, or Charlotte is getting pulled away. Some mess. It's, it's chaotic. 
I would highly recommend you go watch that. That was a great, great segment. Probably the best of 2019 we've gotten thus far. And of course, you know, this is leading into the main event. So being the main event of WrestleMania, this is going to, man, this is something. This is something. I think it's going to be, it's, a, it's the, uh, the treasure at the end of the rainbow. It's definitely going to be a long show, but to have this one to look forward to in the main event, it's not going to feel like, oh, just a blow-off match. Could only imagine the pressure on these women's shoulders, but I already know that they can handle it. So, great segment. Go back, watch that. That was hilarious. Uh, it was really, really good stuff. The crowd was going crazy. Moment of the night. So, that was that. Can't wait for WrestleMania on Sunday. Heavy Machinery took on Chad Gable and Bobby Roode. Yeah, cool match. Not a, uh, you know, nothing spectacular. You know, I think it's good to have the tag division uh, continuing to build itself, you know, brick by brick, piece by piece. And uh, it was just a good match to, you know, continue to fill time in. Wait. We did get Lacey Evans. Pardon me. I'm sorry about that. We did get a Lacey Evans appearance. And it's, uh, we get him or we don't get him. Uh, we're going to find out if we're going to see her at Mania for real, for real, in, uh, uh, in ring capacity. But if not, uh, I'm always cool with just a fun Lacey Evans shock coming on out and, you know, whatever. But that was a fun little tag team match. You get got past it. But then we move into Michael Jost and Colin Che, quote unquote. With uh, we're taking on Braun Strowman, these are two local competitors. Braun made them Michael Jostin, Colin Che because he doesn't like him right now. Apparently, there was some kind of something on Saturday Night Live this week or this weekend, uh, reviewing it. And you know, Braun didn't take kindly to it, so he beat him up. And we'll, you know, moving forward into the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royale. Okay, wait a minute now, because it says that we're going to get uh, the demon Baron, excuse me, the demon Finn Balor, which is, I guess, awesome, made a crazy face, put his tongue out, I guess he was trying to seem a little demon-y and scary and such like that, I, I've already I stated my feelings on it, you know, I've seen a lot of the character be a lot more aggressive, but at the same time, it kind of is just face painting some tenses. We're going to see how Bobby Lashley is able to fare against it. We know the demon Finn Balor is undefeated, so there's a huge chance that he gets the, you know, the win, just like he got the entrance. You know, he's been uh, uh, a long, a long stay at WWE, you know, and he's been very popular for a long while, so. As time progresses, I'm pretty sure we'll uh, get to see more of the demon. Or maybe it's just a, uh, you know, just a one and done special occasion. Here goes the demon Finn, and then he's back to Battle Club. Extraordinary man can do extraordinary things. Who knows? We'll find out, though. After me. All right. Early in the night, Kurt Angle was supposed to take, well, slotted that Kurt Angle was supposed to take on Rey Mysterio. Kurt Angle came out, got a great video package. I was very humbled to watch it. It almost brought it to the mile looking at it. It was a lot, a lot of highlights from Kurt's career and had great music. Um, I'm going to go back and listen to it myself just because it was uh, a form 
of Kurt Angle's theme song, but it was like slowed down. It was really, really, really done very well. So that was cool. But this brought out Baron Corbin to ruin the moment. And Rey Mysterio uh, challenges Baron Corbin on behalf of Angle. Outside of storyline, we've been seeing Kurt Angle get winded, man. And it feels halfway uncomfortable to see him be so tired like this. We know Kurt Angle one way, we see him another. And it's a, you know, lesson to all of us in, you know, just growth and growing up and eventually not being able to do all of the things that you used to do. So... I respect Kurt Angle a, gr- a great deal, you know. I know, again, outside of storyline, everybody's honored to be able to work with him. And going into it, going into Mania, I think he deserved at least a week off, a match off. You know, we like we get it, Kurt. We know you're strong, man. You've been you you you're you're synonymous with wrestling and sports entertainment. So, uh, with that, into the main event, we got uh, Baron Corbett taking on Rey Mysterio. Cool match between the two. Some people said it went too slow. I thought it was, you know, I thought it was a clash of styles that, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I say it because I say I think that they both have, a, you know, their own way they go about offense. So, Ray being the way he is and, you know, being quick and stuff like that. Baron Corbett being strong and quick, uh, he was able to catch Ray, hit him with a deep six for the one, two, three. This is what it was. Good match. Some people were mad about it. Get over it. Baron Corbin is a great good, I mean, excuse me, a great bad guy. He has the fans almost eating out of his hand with anything he says there, you know, making a sound. And reaction is what's key here. If we can recognize that reaction is what's key, then we'll see that Baron Corbin is a top heel in the company. And beating him, especially since he's on this little win streak that he's on, I would almost say say in the last 10 matches, he won about six or seven. I don't, I can't, I don't know how the record, but. I definitely know that he's been picking up some very, very cool victories. So knowing that, I got faith in uh, in Baron Corbin. And picking up a win over him eventually is going to really, really, really mean something. Hey, if Money in the Bank is up next, he might be able to re-enter. Who knows? Who knows? Let's just let's see how it all plays out. Either way, that is mania. Shout out to everybody that brings you the podcast each and every week. <laughs> and... um. It was fun. Catch you guys tomorrow for SmackDown Live. Kofi. Kofi.